From the roots up, CIUT 89.5 FM, Toronto. I miss your touch on my skin. I want you back, but I'm not your man. I see the track caught in your eyes. There's my mouth. I need you, I need you, I need you right now. I don't want forever, I just want you now. Every time I give my heart, you let it be. CIUT, the sound of your city. Hey everyone, my name is Razak Nurani. I'm a third year U of T student from Pakistan and you're listening to my song, Do It To Myself on Tracks From Abroad on CIUT 89.5 FM. Enjoy. Hello Toronto and welcome to Tracks from Abroad on CIUT 89.5 FM. My name is Jesse McDougall. Today I'm in the third floor studio at CIUT doing another show of Tracks from Abroad. On this show, every single week, we welcome international students from the University of Toronto to tell us about a different country all around the world. We've done about 60 episodes um, up to this moment, and this week we're going to focus on the country of Pakistan. We're also joined in the studio by a host of fun characters, some volunteers at CIUT, and also Razak Narani, whose song you just heard there, that was Do It To Myself. And uh, Razak is a is a up and coming EDM producer, so check out some of his music out there. He's also a U of T student, of course, and he's our first guest on the show today. We're going to talk a lot about his home city of Karachi, and I learned a lot about Pakistan in the process. Um, our next interviewee on the show is Fahad Tariq. He is an entrepreneur, um, and he founded a, a not a business but an organization called Shift. It is uh, dedicated, well, it's a nonprofit, first of all, to, dedicated to transforming waste into clean energy and in developing countries. It's an anaerobic digestion system that he makes for relatively little money that absolutely changes the lives of people in rural Pakistan. And uh, essentially, they, they convert waste, like fertilizer, uh, or excuse me, they convert waste into fertilizer and safe cooking fuel. And for me, it was a little hard to... Uh, 
to to imagine that that cooking fuel would be a scarce resource but it really does make a huge impact on the lives of these people so that interview is coming up in the second part of the show but first we are going to hear an interview with Razak Narani right here on tracks from abroad and you are listening to our episode today all about Pakistan thank you for being with us and this is CIUT 89.5 FM Today, we are focused on the country of Pakistan. Really excited to do this, and we have help today from Razak Nirani. He's in our studio, and he's a student at U of T. Welcome, Razak. Thank you so much for having me. I've been a big fan of CIUT FM 89.5 for over a year now. So nice. I've, I've been trying to get involved, so thank you so much for having and me. And speaking of being involved, it's uh, you're taking six courses um, you have various jobs on campus, and not to mention you are, are getting into the EDM world as well. And we're going to talk about that. Man, you're busy. I don't really have too much time for, for anything. And I think that's that's the best thing, constantly having something to do and having something that motivates you and drives you. And for me, um, my, my grandfather always says to me that you should die with memories and not dreams. So okay. that's something that I really resonate with. That's why I honestly try my best to get out there and do as much as I can. Nice. Nice. Well, let's first orient you on campus. So what year are you in and what do you study at U of T? So I'm in my third year at University of Toronto and I'm studying a biomedical ethics and political science double major. And I'm also doing my music production and DJing. So I'm an electronic dance musician who makes progressive house. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I guess my my biggest passion is inspiring positivity. That's that's what I'd say. Oh, that's okay. That's broad. Inspiring yeah. positivity. So you do that through your music. And I saw last night you were actually showing me you're mastering some songs and you're composing too. Absolutely. It took me a long time to learn sound engineering. I think YouTube tutorials are your best friend always as a music producer. Nice. So that really, really helped. So I'm, I'm always trying to practice and better myself in in terms of like mastering music, for sure. Well, great. Well, we're glad to have you today on Tracks from Abroad. Again, we're talking about Pakistan, and I understand you're from the capital of the country in Karachi. Actually, the, Karachi used to be the capital of Pakistan, but no now longer, it's, huh? it's, yup, it's, so now it's Islamabad. That's okay. the capital of Pakistan. And um, yeah, so Pakistan is just one of the most beautiful places in the world. And Karachi, where I come from, it's a coastal city, and a very, very booming city, a busy city. And I come from an area called Defense in Pakistan. Yeah, it's it's a very, very beautiful place and the people are very kind as well. And and I like the fact also that you were just back there during the winter break in December. So we're going to talk about what it's like to go back there. I mean, there's uh, the time change, but also just the changing environment. And you can tell us about what, what, it, what it's like to be in the city of Karachi. But first, on every single show, as always, we ask the student to bring a playlist of music that they like from Pakistan. And you did that today. So why don't you tell us a song that you'd like us to play? So a Pakistani song that I can suggest is by one of the greats. His name is Atif Aslam. By far, I'd say one of the, the greatest of all time from Pakistan. And I'm going to play a song called Adat by Atif Aslam. Well, today on the show, we are talking all about Pakistan, and we're going to play that song requested by Razak Nurani, right here on Tracks from Abroad.
किरदार के भी तू मुझ में कहीं बाकी है पलकों में बन के आंसू तू चली आती है जुदाओ के भी
अब तो आदत सी है मुझको Welcome back to Tracks from Abroad on CIUT 89.5 FM. My name is Jesse McDougall, and today on the show we're learning all about Pakistan and we're joined by U of T student Razak Nurani. When we think of Pakistan in, in uh, Northern America, we might think of more traditional music, but clearly this song is more Western and it's a DJ song. So what is the mixture between traditional artists and DJs and pop singers and this sort of thing? So this song is actually definitely more traditional but other songs for sure they're they're more DJ oriented and more electronic and I'd say that one thing that has influenced and impacted Pakistan is western culture through a great extent so much of the music that I listened to growing up was actually from electronic dance music artists like mm-hmm. Tiësto, David Guetta, Martin Garrix, Avicii. These were my like role models growing up as electronic dance music um artists. The thing about Pakistan is we also do have very very cultural music that's embedded within like the music that is within Pakistan really speaks for itself we have some beautiful instruments and we have uh, so the language that i speak is urdu mm-hmm. and a lot of the music that many people listen to from Pakistan is in urdu or is in punjabi or is in sindhi so there's different different genres of music and it's just so beautiful to see yeah you know i think pakistani music is going to do very very well for sure when you go back to pakistan do you exclusively speak urdu um i speak a lot of english but i do speak urdu as well with some people so when you go out and you you talk to people like if you're in a store or if you're on the road and you talk to someone then i of course speak in urdu because yeah. that's the that's the mother tongue but otherwise like with my friends because i think we all grew up going to british schools westernized schools so mm-hmm. we speak english most of the time mm-hmm. and it's it's crazy to see because when i came to canada people were shocked that i could speak english like they were, they right. were actually completely shocked that i could speak english so so how did that make you feel because before the show we talked about the stereotypes that exist about the middle east in general many of them come from the 1990s and the early 2000s and the war on terror and how that really negatively affected the perception of uh people from this region so how has that affected you and your identity I'd say that it happens every day people have misconceptions there's just things that are misconstrued within the media I think people have the wrong perception of Pakistan it's a people one person actually said to me like do you do sand dunes in the deserts of Pakistan like they think that it's like deserted. Yeah. They don't realize that there's like cities like Islamabad, Lahore. They don't realize that it's a proper metropolitan booming city. Yeah. And people don't they also don't re- really realize how beautiful the country is and how nice the people are. I think um I wouldn't say it's racism res- necessarily, but I'd say that people can wrongfully label others as terrorists as a stereotype just from being from a specific place. When I was 11 years old, I was um on a family vacation. and someone once said something like very rude to me i was like a kid you know i was just 11 years old and yeah. someone said something very very rude about like terrorism in pakistan and i think that that's just the the worst stereotype and these stereotypes are just so wrong to have because it's what you see on the media is just not an accurate representation of a place whatsoever at all and today i want to talk about how beautiful pakistan is and how amazing the people are 
Yeah. And how often in Canadian media do we see a film from Pakistan or do you get to hear on the radio songs from Pakistan? Not so often, right? Exactly. Um, over here, you only hear the top dance hits of Canada or the <laughs> yeah. top pop hits of Canada, but you yeah. never get to hear music from Pakistan, which is honestly why I'm here. I wanted to talk more about my country and how amazing the place is. So it, it makes me so happy to be here to talk about Pakistan. I'd like to thank you so much for having me again. Sure, sure. And, and when you go back to Pakistan, Razak, what do you enjoy doing? What's like the first thing you do when you get off the flight? <laughs> the first thing that I do is yeah. have a cup of chai. Chai oh. is basically, so it's it's the Urdu version of tea. Like okay. it's the Desi version of tea. It's our culture, basically. Like we thrive off of chai. Um, I love like pakki hui chai. Yeah, it's it's hard to explain it like not in Urdu because I've only been saying it in Urdu. So yeah. now thinking about it, it feels so weird. Got you. But yeah, it's like chai is our staple. Oh my gosh, man! Just thinking about it is making me miss that. Yeah, and and you know, speaking of missing that, I mean, every show on Tracks from Abroad, we're talking with international students, and there is absolutely um, the experience of being lonely and missing your culture. How do you deal with that here? Have you found Pakistani people or, or cultural iconography to help you with that? I've found some super cool people from Pakistan. I've made some very, very good friends who are always there to help me. And we actually go, we have Pakistani food at like a restaurant once yeah. in a while. Oh, cool. So that's really good because when we miss home food, we go and we grab like a bite and... I also call up my family like very often if mm. I'm ever missing home. I call up my mom, I call up my my dad, my little brother. My elder brother is actually here with me. He's from uh he's from Pakistan as well. Yeah. He we both grew up in Karachi together. So um he's in Canada right now. He's studying at the University of Toronto, Mississauga. Okay. And he's doing computer science. So coding technology and society is the name of his degree, but I just refer to it as computer science. Yeah. 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 That's great. Oh, I'm so glad that you have that that safety net that uh support system there and i'd love to get into another song so let's take to your playlist and let me know if there's another track that you can suggest for us to play so the next track that i'd suggest to play is a track from a pakistani dj his name is turhan james and it's going to be a track called sai with a vocalist named manu and i hope you enjoy you're listening to ciut 89.5 fm that's what's up this is tracks from abroad we'll catch you after the break for a second, man, it feels like I'm flying And the next, it's gone But I've been thinking, Feels when I feel your touch, when I feel your touch. Cause when I know 
always loving I don't ever wanna hear you say you're not enough Kaise bologi ye chhoot when the truth is kahani mein sirf main aur tum hai aur pyar hai hamara yahan bas kaise chhod do ummeedein jo mere beta hu ab paas hai to pyaas bujhe meri har par tu jab door ye dila ke sange mar mar kaise tod do bharosa tera jaan andheron mein diya saath tune rehm kiya mujh par This is Professor Sky from Western New York, United States of America, and you're listening to WCI. Damn it, CI. Can you put it up again? This is Professor Sky from Western New York, USA, and you're listening to Tracks from Abroad on CIUT 89.5.
Welcome back to Tracks from Abroad on CIUT 89.5 FM. My name is Jesse McDougall, and today on the show, we're learning all about Pakistan. We're joined by Razak Nirani, and Razak has suggested some songs for us to play on the show. I hope you've enjoyed them. And Razak, these songs are in the Pakistani EDM scene. Tell us about the EDM work that you do. I'm actually an electronic dance music producer. I produce Progressive House, which is a genre that is unheard of in Pakistan. So... There aren't many progressive house artists in Pakistan. And sometimes I do feel very alienated for sure because so many of my friends don't really uh, vibe with the music that I play. But when I go to Europe or while I'm here in like North America and I see the growth of progressive house, it's something that I really want to bring back to Pakistan. I I take recordings of a bazaar. So just a bazaar in its main element, like when you can go the ambiance like i want to incorporate like these specific unique aspects in, into my music and i want to make it as emotional as possible and i want to make it very relatable as well yeah jesse you must come visit the mountains of pakistan i have to take you to Natyagali. i have to take you to Mari. i have to take you to burban i have to take you to gilgit chitral these places are the most beautiful in the world i'm going to show you some pictures of them we're talking about the beauty the physical beauty and the geography of pakistan but would you want to go back there to live for a long time or would you prefer living in canada what's your plan i think my plan is i don't want to break anyone's heart anyone who's like back home um but obviously like my my parents they want me to stay in canada and work and get some more experience with the marketing work that i do sure and as well as music production, music, sound engineering. Yeah. But I want to keep going back home and coming back here as well because it's amazing to see, like, uh, it's amazing to just go back home and see everyone. So I want to be in Canada and I want to be in Pakistan and I want to keep traveling. So th- that's my goal, to be in a place where I can actually keep going and seeing my family back home, loved ones, and then meeting my friends over here and working over here as well. All right. Well, in terms of um, your music, you you can be found, I think, as Razak Nurani official. Is that right? So on Instagram, Razak yeah. Nurani official, and on YouTube, just Razak Nurani. Okay. And for music projects, tell us about what what songs are out there now and what is coming out in the pipeline. I have a song that comes out on March 9th. It's called "The Circus," and believe it or not, I found this circus accordion instrument playing. Like I saw, I heard it at this stall. And I recorded it and I made an entire song based on that recording. And, um, you know, it's 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 a club song and I'm so excited for everyone to hear this song. It's different from what I usually do, but it's a very unique song. And the melody is something that just sticks in your head. Like you will never forget the melody. I can guarantee you of that. Yeah. Fantastic. All right. Well, Razak Nirani, thank you so much for coming on Tracks from Abroad. We loved learning all about Pakistan. Thank you so much for having me, Jesse. I appreciate it you actually calling me and getting i'm so glad that we got to sit here and thank you to ciut 89.5 fm and thank you to tracks from abroad thank you <laughs> with the snap. Yeah. i haven't mastered the snap yeah <laughs> yeah he is confused about my handshake here let me teach you and then you snap. yeah perfect okay. let's yep, do there it one we last time to slip yeah there we go जैसे तू मेरी खबरों के नीचे आगे की सोचूं मैं अब तू मेरे पीछे पीछे रवानी तो देखो ना कितनी बेमिसाल है वजन रखते अल्फाज यही तो कमाल है लगवा बुटे ये घड़ी जो मेरी आई है इसकी मैं बनाऊं असल मेरी
शोभा मेरा लगे चार चांद फ्लैक्स नहीं बचे स्टेट करूं फैक्स में अकेला काफी में नीचा ये मुझे फीट ले तू जितने मर्जी फीट ले नीयत साफ की थी सुन सबसे स्वीट है जमाना सुने की यही है सजीत है दजी बस जगह गाड़ी मेरी बेटा वो तेरे का बड़ा आई फॉर अ मूव मी कुछ ऐसे पहले आ रहे यू बेली न्यू मी न्यू वेव आई सी ऑल योर ग्रूव इन दिस वेव गन हिट द चार्ट्स में ने जूम मी नो वॉच मी इन द फिफ्थ गेट तेरे सारे अपने मेरी साइड पे ढेर है काम बोले बोले वजह से ये होता नहीं Welcome back to Tracks from Abroad on CIUT 89.5 FM. My name is Jesse McDougall. We're just at the midpoint of the show, and I want to give a big thank you to Razak Nirani, who came on to tell us about Pakistan. I hope you learned a lot, and I hope you enjoyed his music as well. And, you know, not every show on Tracks from Abroad is electronic dance music. We've we've played a, a real variety of genres. Um, but, of course, it is up to the students who come on our show to decide their favorite music from the given country. And I really did like Razak's music. You're going to hear a few more tracks from him later as well. And now in this midpoint of Tracks from Abroad, I want to give an announcement, and this is in relation to Heart House, which is sort of the uh, extracurricular building on campus where our station is housed, where we're broadcasting from right now. And in a moment here, we're going to hear from Jonathan Wong. He is the conductor of Toronto's Chinese Orchestra, and they're coming um, just on the 17th of March, I believe. That's correct, March 17th, to uh, do a performance. And so I'm going to let Jonathan here. I spoke to him over the weekend. I'm going to let Jonathan give you a little more info, but it's particularly special because they're doing an um, instrument petting zoo. 
I don't know if you've ever heard of an instrument petting zoo, but it's a it's a very special um, chance for for students and for anybody at all to uh, get their hands on some unique instruments. So, without further ado, here's Jonathan Wong telling us about the event on Friday, March seventeenth. This Friday, March seventeenth at eight p.m. Um, we're going to be bringing the Tuana Chinese Orchestra for the first time to U of T campus and we're, we're going to be doing a special outreach performance in the Great Hall at Tartos starting at 8pm. So the, the Tuana Chinese Orchestra is, as the name implies, a Chinese orchestra, which is a sort of unique genre of itself, right? It doesn't imply so much about the type of people who play and we have a great diverse orchestra with all kinds of players of a variety of ages and backgrounds and experiences with the instruments. But um, what's unique about our orchestra is that we use most people would call traditional Chinese instruments, right? So instruments that have been developed in the area that we now call modern day China and the, the surrounding areas as well. You know, our mission really is about uh, sharing the unique type of um, really multicultural, really kind of diversely influenced music that we do and being able to share that with you know, the really diverse audiences of Toronto that, that we get out, out to our concerts. But, but we're really adding an educational element in hoping to help some people discover the unique things about our music and our instruments. And following our concert segment, which is going to be about the first 45 minutes or so from around 8 to 8.45. After that, we're going to be featuring what we are calling instrument petting zoos. Where we're going to be breaking the orchestra and our players off into some you know, different breakout rooms around Heart House, and the audience members are going to have the chance to have a little more of a, a personalized and possibly hands-on experience with some of the again types of music and the unique instruments that we bring onto campus. So coming up soon this Friday, March seventeenth, at Heart House in the Great Hall, that, that big beautiful room down on the end of Heart House. And we're going to be starting off with a performance segment with the full orchestra and the Great Hall at 8 p.m. And then following a roughly 45-minute set with the full orchestra, we'll be breaking off into our instrument petting zoos. And there'll be signage around Heart House with different instruments in different rooms. And we're going to have people, all of our wonderful audience members and student community, have a chance to meet some of our players and their instruments up close and possibly even get some hands-on learning experience with them. All right, that was Jonathan Wong telling us about the Instrument Petting Zoo and the performance that's going on at Hard House March 17th. Um, you're going to get an amazing close-up and personal look at some classical Chinese instruments and even get potentially a chance to play them as well. So, um, next part of our Tracks from Abroad show today, of course, we're talking about Pakistan, comes from a really wonderful interview that I did with an entrepreneur and an accountant, and this guy does all kinds of things. His name is Fahad Tariq, and he founded an organization called SHIFT. Now, I should preface by saying that Fahad Tariq is a graduate of the University of Toronto in Mississauga, and he currently works um, as an equity research analyst at Credit Suisse. Uh, in the materials sector. He's an alum of UTM, like I said. So I spoke to Fahad Tariq about this organization he's created called SHIFT, where they convert waste into gas and into uh, cooking gas and energy for people in rural Pakistan. I thought it was a really wonderful idea. And uh, we're going to get into my interview now with Fahad Tariq. Thank you so much for listening to Tracks from Abroad. And we'll be back with you after this interview. Um, so the work that Shift is doing in a nutshell is, uh, uh, you know, addressing these forgotten people, uh, these people who don't have access to energy, 
And we're doing that in a very unique way uh, using an input, and we'll talk about this, an mm-hmm. input that I think many people flush down the toilet. Right, right. So <laughs> it says, uh, you, you write that fortunately there's a unique solution that elegantly addresses these problems, and it's found in the most unusual of places, our toilets. That's exactly right. And I think, um, I think if you think about waste, uh, I think a lot of people just from the word itself, they, they don't really think about it as a potential energy solution. And they certainly don't think about it as a sustainable energy source, which is exactly what it is. And so I always joke that the idea of shift came to me while I was sitting on the toilet, but that's, that's not true. <laughs> uh, but in any case, it's, it's a, a tremendous energy source. Um, it can certainly be used to power homes. And I think it's something that you know, we're hoping it starts becoming part of the conversation when we talk about renewable power. Mm-hmm. Um, as you and your listeners may be aware, you know, everyone talks about wind power and solar power and hydropower. But uh, there is this additional column that people are forgetting, and that's waste energy. Waste is renewable. It's everywhere. It's free. It's abundant. And there are different types of waste. There's human waste, animal waste, organic waste. All of these can be repurposed to produce energy. It's being done around the world. It's extremely effective. And especially for these 3.5 billion people that I mentioned, it's a tremendously powerful solution. That's fantastic. Now, what has been your approach? How do you convert waste into energy? Yeah, right. So a lot of people think of this as, you know, alchemy or, you know, how are you doing this? And so this is actually a very age old technology in science. And in a nutshell, without getting too technical, the way it works is you need to have an environment that is oxygen free. So if you have an environment that is completely oxygen-free, airtight chamber, and you load waste into it, uh, organic waste or uh, animal waste or human waste, there are bacteria that naturally break that waste down and in that process release what's known as biogas, so biological gas. That biogas can actually be used as an energy source. And it's actually incredible because this is a completely natural system in which you are taking waste, poop, and transforming it into usable gas. And so our projects in Pakistan, for example, we use that gas as cooking fuel, right? So you imagine your stove at home, there's, there's, you turn on the gas. For us, it's renewable natural gas, but, uh, or it's natural gas, but in Pakistan, that's, it's biogas. It's, it's coming from animal waste effectively. And I've had the good fortune of, you know, having tea that's prepared by that gas or Mm. eating a meal prepared by that gas. Mm. There's no smell whatsoever. It's like you wouldn't be able to tell the difference between that and your stove at home. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's it's this amazing process that, you know, when we first uh, came across it, uh, we just felt that one of our first thoughts was, why isn't everyone talking about this? Like you have you have here, uh, you know, these discussions we have around wind and solar and all these other sources of energy. Why is no one talking about waste energy? I mean, it's everywhere, mm-hmm. right? Especially if you think about animal waste, cows poop a lot. Sure. <laughs> and so you have this abundant resource and no one is really at scale trying to convert it into energy. And that's where we saw an opportunity uh, with Shift. And, you know, we've been working in uh, Pakistan now for about five years and uh, recently expanded to Uganda as well. That's incredible. That's fantastic. All right. You're on two different continents. That's great. So, Fahad, you were born in Pakistan. What does it look like in these villages, and how is accessible and safe energy changed these people's lives? 
you know, I think the first thing I'll try to do is describe for the listeners just the environment we're talking about, because I think it's hard to imagine where we're sitting in Toronto right. with our, you know, comfortable energy oh, sure. and heating. And I just turn on the stove and I get energy like that. I don't even think about it. But so it's completely different. So yeah. the first thing I want you to imagine is just remote farming villages, completely off the grid, like far away from any big city. And then when I say the term home, I want you to imagine a mud hut with a straw roof. Okay, so this is kind of a imperfectly, you know, stru- imperfect structure, nothing really, you know, complicated about it, no piping, no electricity, no wires, nothing. Hmm. And this village, uh, basically, if you want to get anything done, you have to do it during daylight hours, because as soon as the sun sets, guess what, it's completely pitch black outside, you have no electricity, you can't do anything. So already, It's an environment that is actually really harsh, first of all. It's not very productive. Um, And one thing that may surprise you is the way these people heat their food or prepare meals is they actually go out for hours every day. They chop down trees, they collect firewood, and then they bring it back. I just want you to imagine in the 21st century that there are millions of people doing this around the world. Right. Extremely time-consuming. Extremely time-consuming, and it's, it's, it's even more tragic once they bring it home because then they, they start cooking these, their meals, and guess what? They're in this uh, mud hut that is not even ventilated, right? So it's not like, like our homes. It's not ventilated. You're inhaling all of that wood smoke, hmm. and it actually damages their lungs. And so wood smoke is uh, a, a huge problem in, in these rural communities. So what Shift is trying to do is we're trying to address a number of problems. You know, the first is climate change, but I would say in those remote uh, villages, that's almost secondary, right? Their first and foremost concern is they want to have reliable energy, and they want to have reliable energy that doesn't hurt them. And so the solution we're providing is clean gas. You can just turn it on. We we also provide a small stove for them, so they can just turn it on whenever they need it, and. They, there's no longer that wood smoke, right? Mm-hmm. So they're not they're not getting their lungs are no longer being damaged, um, and and then there's all of the climate benefits as well. But that's that's kind of the reality that's there, completely off the grid. And and I think what's interesting is here in you know developed countries and in the Western world, we have this notion of this romantic notion of like these disconnected communities, like they must be so happy and you know they're so nature oriented and everything is so quiet. But it's an extremely harsh reality. Any one of those people would trade their lives in an instant to be to have what we have. Mm. Um, and you know, uh, just a small story. You know, when I visited one of these villages, what really struck me was I was walking with with one of our guides, and I saw a child in the village, and he was only wearing pants. He wasn't wearing a shirt. Okay, and we visited at a time when it was like probably like 45, 50 degrees, okay? Like it was really, really hot outside. The sun was like blaring. And and so um, I asked the guide in Urdu, I said, you know, why isn't he wearing a shirt, right? Like it's really hot outside. Like he's, it's like the sun is directly on his, his body. And the guide just turns to, the guide turned to me and he just like matter of factly was like, well, that's all they can afford, right? They can only afford half the clothing. And so they felt it was more important to cover the bottom half. So it's just the, the reality of the people living there, how impoverished they are, it's, it's striking. And, um, you know, I, I, think, I think it's really important to recognize that there are many people who live in those circumstances. And we just, we sometimes neglect them. I, I refer to them often as forgotten people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so our solution, we hope, is making their lives better. It's giving them a clean energy source. It's improving their health. It's saving them lots of time because they're not collecting firewood. Um, and it's, it's, it's making their lives better. I mean, 
you know, one of the most remarkable things for us is, you know, we can talk about statistics and people were helping and how much carbon, how much methane gas we're capturing and all of those things. But at the end of the day, it's the stories that we hear from these people in the communities that really encourages us to keep doing this. It's, it's the powerful stories of what Shift is doing is making their life better. still got fears I need to overcome And I still got dreams But I'm not afraid To find my demons and find my way I put on a smile and I hide my bed I gotta wait for a brighter day Oh, what a feeling There's a thousand words that I can't describe Lift me up to the ceiling was yet another song by our first interviewee and a UFT student, EDM producer, Razak Narani. Um, thank you so much to Razak for coming on to the show. He's also working on uh, a radio show on CIUT itself. Um, we're going to call him Radio Raz, I think. Um, but thank you, Raz, for, for teaching us so much about Pakistan. And now we're going to get back to my interview with Fahad Tariq. Again, he is working to create... Um, anaerobic digestion systems to uh, create clean energy all over the world. He's currently on two continents. And in this part of the interview, I was asking Fahad about 
I was asking him about, um, you know, how much it costs to build one of these digestion systems, what materials they use, and uh, again, just underlining how much of a difference and an impact that these systems make in people's lives. It, it's lifelong, right? So we've designed it in a way that, you know, it's brick, brick and mortar. Mm-hmm. There's no moving parts, no, nothing expensive that can be stolen or, you know, it's, it's, it's permanent infrastructure. And this is how we describe it to people. You're paying $2,500 for permanent instru- infrastructure that will last you know, 50 years, 100 years, and uh, really doesn't require any maintenance. So it's, it's, it's such a perfect solution for those communities. Um, and, and, you know, we're, we're hoping that it's because of the cost, the low cost, that is something that's scalable in, in multiple parts of the world. Who has to buy into these revolutionary ideas that you're talking about? Who needs to change their mind and flick the switch to get more alternative energy out there? Uh, everyone, everyone, all, all of us need to also uh, look into it. Uh, we need to, as consumers, pick the solutions that are more eco-friendly and sustainable. Um, obviously, from a responsibility perspective and impact perspective, I think governments can have a tremendous impact through policy. And, you know, companies also, because they're going to have, you know, they have a tremendous impact on the environment. Uh, you know, for in a large part, it's negative, but it can be improved. But, you know, this idea that it's on a single entity or a single person, it's just not true. It's on all of us, and it's a spectrum uh, from a policy perspective, government, but from a consumer choice perspective, all of us. I want to return to the idea of students because at CIUT, it's a station supported by students. I myself am a student. So at UTM, you are part of several different clubs. And I want to ask you, how did those affect you? And was there a community of students there that you could share these sort of revolutionary ideas with? Yeah, it's interesting. I think the clubs, again, going back to university, I was a very like, it was very like narrow minded. I wanted to get a career. I was very focused on that. But what they did allow for is for me to just stretch myself, right? So I, I got an opportunity to, um, you know, do public speaking, organize events, uh, you know, be a leader. I, I just, my advice to any university student listen, listening to this is university is this incredible time where you can just try different things and really figure out what you like and don't like. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Nobody, nobody, like, nobody will ever find out about it afterwards. Like meeting different people in different clubs, you just get exposed to so many ideas. I don't, I don't think ever, anything ever, anything since university has been as, uh, as uh, important in terms of just exposing me to ideas. Those four years at UTM, you just, the more clubs you join, the more ideas you have, and the more your mind can make different connections. It's not obvious to look at waste and think of it as an energy source. But if your mind is trained to look at things in an unusual way or with a fresh perspective, that does become easier. Mm-hmm. Now, I noticed a- an article you wrote for the Globe and Mail. It was about a course you took during your MBA about transformational leadership. This seemed to have a, a big, big impact on you. And I'd like to ask you, what are some skills that students can apply or to, to learn from other people that have helped you along the way? So that course in particular was extremely uh, uh, rare and difficult. It really had nothing to do with business, but had more to do with introspection and trying to figure out what kind of leader you were, what were your motivations as a person, as a business leader. And you know, one of the, one of the exercises we did that was extremely powerful was we wrote a letter to our future self. Okay, so our professor, it was an email, we wrote, we basically wrote an email to our future self. And our professor said, I'm going to take this and I'm going to send it to you a year after you graduate, not a day sooner, not a day later. Mm. 
I said, okay, so we did that exercise. We wrote a letter to our future self. I actually forgot about it. I started in my career, like many people got preoccupied. You're starting a job, moving cities, et cetera. And a year later, I see it pop up in my inbox. Hmm. And, and, you know, that probably was one of the most powerful things I have done. Like just reading a letter from your past self, addressing you. Who knows you better than yourself? And, you know, the way I talked to myself, the, the things I was highlighting, the goals I was highlighting, it was so powerful. And, you know, believe it or not, the next day is when I started Shift as an, and registered it as a nonprofit. Wow. Because one of the things that I had written in that letter was, I hope you're doing something to help other people. This was really important to you, and I hope you haven't abandoned that. So as an exercise for students, I think it would be very practical to write a letter to your future self. There are many things that students are experiencing as they're going through university, really big goals and ambitions they have, especially at U of T. You know, everyone's very bright and has these big goals. The one thing that happens when you start working and you leave university is I find in some ways your focus becomes more narrow. You start forgetting about those big goals that you had. And if you yourself can remind you of the goals you had, it really helps you recenter. Absolutely. And what is your your end vision for Shift? I mean, you're already on two different continents, but I assume you want to help many more tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people. Yeah. So the vision of Shift is to take the transform the potential of something discarded into something valuable. And if you think about that vision, um, I think our long term vision is that one day the city of Toronto, the University of Toronto, will be powered using sewage waste, using using human waste from our toilets. That's the future that we want to get to. We're doing it now in rural communities and farming villages in Pakistan, Uganda, and many other countries to come. But someday we want the conversation to be about cities and to be about our city and to think of this as a, as, as a very sustainable and powerful resource that can be used uh, to heat our uh, institutions, to provide energy, and again, it's an input that is completely free and abundant. There is no shortage of waste around the world. And to repurpose it, it that's, that's the vision and that's the dream. Well, thank you very much, Fahad, for coming on to our show. We really appreciate it. You're very welcome. This is Razak Narani's new song. It's called The Circus, right here on Tracks from Abroad. It's world premiere, I suppose. 